Disclaimer. None of the topics we are discussing are salvific in nature. We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and salvation only comes through Him. We are simply discussing topics and questions related to our own discipleship journeys, and we invite you to join in on the conversation. So we haven't um, decided on a podcast name, but it's coming, and so whenever that happens, we will ease it on into this. Yeah. This is a very rough start to what hopefully will be a long-term podcast. Yes. Um, long-term conversation, for sure. Uh, to introduce us, hey. I know this is... There it is. I found it. Share it. I'm trying. Hey. She's so slow to share things. I am. <laughs> she really is. I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, basically, uh, to introduce us, my name is Kyler, Ashley, and Brittany, and we are one short today. Normally we would have Angela Hinojosa, uh, (laughs) with us and, um, she's not here tonight, but she will be joining us next time. I can guarantee it. So, um, but we want to open up the conversation. Really the whole point of us wanting to do this is have a open dialogue with people, with us, with because we tend to have open conversations with the four of us mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, and we, I would say we differ in a lot of opinions, but not. Oh, definitely. Yeah, have different opinions, but it's great. And I think it, it's great where we get to integrate that the subject we're going to talk about is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in a sense, we all kind of disciple each other uh, through conversation. Absolutely. And I think um, sometimes I think what's missing in today's world is we all have unity in the important things such as Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, in salvation, but all these other different things, we may have a different opinion. And how do you do life with people who have different opinions on some hot topics Mm -hmm. and still continue to do life and like learn and glean from people? So we just wanted to invite people into that. Yeah. We want to invite you into that opportunity. <laughs> Different uh, points of views, but rather, but still in unity and learning and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like each one of us, the four of us, we kind of um, have a different strength and a different place mm-hmm. where we kind of lean to, um, you know, whether it be, I would say, Angela leaning more towards truth and me leaning more towards logic yeah and, you know more towards grace more mm-hmm. towards love you know like interesting <laughs> anywho continue yeah i would like, like the one her and... <laughs> yeah the one with truth with angela yes <laughs> i was, like, so I was like spot on and then spot on again and then when she was like grace and love i was like oh interesting <laughs> <laughs> what would you i don't know that's why i was like but i mean i'll take it right <laughs> okay so <laughs> So we kind of just wanted to, um, our first topic is discipleship. Like what has been your experience with discipleship? And so just another disclaimer as we throw this out there, like this is not to point fingers um, at any institution or any individuals. Um, I think like we were kind of all just talking about how truly discipleship is um, your own personal responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, it's your responsibility to seek it out. It's your responsibility to do it. And mm-hmm. so this really isn't a pointing a finger, oh, so-and-so didn't, or this organization didn't. Or they should be. Or, or they should be. Yeah. Um, but just kind of what has been your experience? Why don't you start us off? Me? Yes. <laughs> Why don't you open up the floor I for us? I was everybody? the one who wanted to go last. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I did not grow up in... Ch- 
church, or really, at all. And so I would say my discipleship experience wasn't until, you know, I was well in my 30s. And um, coming into crazy eight, I don't know if we're saying all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, that's where it happened. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't until, I mean, I was, I felt I was saved as a, as a teen, but it wasn't until I was well in my 30s when I kind of hit the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the deliverance, the healing and everything, that I came into a spot where there were people around me who could disciple me and who um, had an understanding of what I was coming into and what I was going through. And, um, and so I feel like I've had, at different times, I feel like I've had multiple, you know, mentors yeah. and, and, you know, people who have discipled me, um, even, and I would say even through, like we were saying, even through friendships and stuff with, with us and everything, I mean, there's, there's discipleship in that as well, because I mean, there are things that you are really good at that I'm not, I'm not strong in. Um, I feel like I've been counseled through conversation with friends. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, and then we, we also, we take it upon ourselves to go places and seek out the, I don't know, you don't know if you would call it discipleship, but seek out those spiritual experiences, seek out, um, you know, different places where we can, um, I almost feel like I'm discipled at these other places, you know, like even going out to Morningstar or something like that, oh, you know, and just being sure. in these different environments and watching elders, mm. um, you know, worship, watching elders pray, mm-hmm. um, watching elders interact with each other. Um, I feel like that's all a form of discipleship as well. That's such a good point. I yeah. definitely want to come back to the elders thing because I feel like that's something that um, is lost. <laughs> so lost. Yeah, yeah. Because we're, to clarify for ages, I'm like in my 20s, 30s, barely. 40. Barely 40. <laughs> Young. So, um, and yeah, it's still young. Let's not go into that. But, um, like, I feel like we, number one, we totally did not add a disclaimer to this live, but disclaimer, um, do you want to read the disclaimer (laughs) we recorded before we? (laughs) (laughs) The nothing we are discussing here (laughs) is salvific in nature. So, we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and He is the only way to salvation. So everything we are discussing here are just topics, questions related to our own discipleship journeys. And we just invite you to join in on the conversation. It's just a fun, curious conversations. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. while we're sharing ours, if you want to just comment what has been your discipleship experience, um, we would love just to interact and just even hear your experience because that's kind of the, the beauty of this is learning from everybody. Yeah. yeah. Or if you even have one. If mm-hmm. you even have one yeah. at all, yeah. And if this, if any of this interests you, like we, we are looking to add people to this conversation. If it's a different topic in the future, like it's not just going to be the four of us. I feel like that would, so yeah, that, it would, would get boring. Out. But it would severely limit what we mm. want to d- discuss. Oh yeah. And so I, the intention is to add more people to this conversation, or change, or have a specific person per specific subject too. And I think it's fair to redefine like what discipleship look like and it looks like, and it doesn't have to be like in regard to salvation or 
how yeah, in my well, because it's really life after salvation, right? right? And so the people lead many different lives and like many different lifestyles, mm -hmm. and so. Like one thing that kind of comes to mind is like, what does it look like to have like a biker ministry and the, like you know, like disciple through there is going to look completely different than me because I simply just don't ride bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because it's really doing life, so I think it's always going to look different. So I think if we can get a um, a collection of stories of different stories of what discipleship looks like, then it could kind of break the mold of doing what we've always done and maybe you know just branch out. Yeah, because if it's the way you do life and the way you do life with Jesus, then I mean, everyone's going to look a little bit different. You got to find your people. And I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be bikers, whether it be, you know, single mm -hmm. moms and whether it be yeah. whatever it is, I mean, you've got to find your people that can disciple you and I mean, obviously we're supposed to they're supposed to disciple us into coming into who we're supposed to be, but it'd be hard for a biker to disciple me right. <laughs> into who I'm supposed to be. Yeah, we have nothing in common. <laughs> right. right. So if you are a biker and you have a biker ministry, um, we want to have you on here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I actually have an aunt and uncle that run like a biker ministry in Oklahoma. We could totally have them on there. Hey, hey, Aunt Lynn and Uncle Steve. <laughs> Shout out to... I don't remember what your ministry's called. I'm so sorry. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> awesome. But they, like, run that. Oh, also shout out to everyone who's online. We got three Say people on this Say end. Say hey. Hey. Um, so this is going to be produced as a podcast, so we're not going to sit here and say names unless you're <laughs> cool with that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I can share mine. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this last night, actually. The first time I was discipled, it was – first duty station that my husband and I were stationed at and it was by a couple who we kind of really had nothing in common with mm -hmm. and so I bring that up because I think it's so important that I actually gleaned so much from her and there's so much in that discipleship process because it was like a small group but it was a small group that continued to meet throughout the years so it was like three or four years strong nice. yeah 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 just consistently long term every week and so a lot of, and so it was a marriage small group, which is kind of just big in like the military um, arena, just needing a lot of help and ministry there. Um, and so, yeah, so I actually didn't really, uh, like our personalities didn't match, but everything that she was like actually showing me doing, living out, I was like, oh, wow, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like, and so those are still things that Blake and I still have in our marriage today. Mm -hmm. So, which is just so wild to see. Um, and then even, so like that group, that small group, we, we did go through books, but again, books that are so important to our marriage, like the boundaries book. I mean, once I learned that, I was like, woo, start putting up boundaries in our marriage and then, and you know, stop feeling guilty about that. Change like, biblical, yeah, biblical boundaries. Um, the waffles and spaghetti, like <laughs> understanding. The waffles and spaghetti. It was such a corny, uh, like, like study, but it was brilliant. Like mm -hmm. Blake and I still use that today. Uh, what was the, um, love and respect, just all these things, but not only just studying it, but I also saw them model it. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was seeing them model it because it really was that organic to where it was just, they just opened up their life and opened up their marriage. And mm -hmm. so, um, 
like we were just able to learn and so I think after that I probably haven't had a discipleship like me being discipled I think I then went into a next season of like doing small groups with high schoolers or right, middle yeah. schoolers and so I think again I think sometimes we think discipleship our discipleship journey should look a specific way forever but being that we moved every three or four years mm -hmm. it always looked in every it looked different every single time we moved um and then I realized that each time the Lord moved us that there was always somebody there that I was supposed to meet and somebody there that I was supposed to like encourage that there was always like someone that I was supposed to be there for mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so it so it was always one like one person in each spot and then there was always somebody there that I would learn from or glean from. So again, even then, I guess it was organic without really knowing it. But I think up until now, until coming to Preview, I probably didn't seek out sitting under an elder. I didn't right, probably yeah. seek out the like day to day. And I probably didn't even know that that's what I was seeking out. I was just like, I just got to keep learning. I just got to keep gleaning. Mm -hmm. And so then that's kind of where where I'm at now to where I think that this has probably been the most like immersed mm -hmm. immersion. Angela, are you on your way? <laughs> She's watching. Bless it. Bless it. <laughs> Come on, girl. <clears throat> There's room at the table for you. <laughs> Come on, <Really>. Angie. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's kind of been mine. Yeah. Which I feel like I've been really blessed because I think I have experienced it from the church and then I've experienced it just kind of just rolling through life and then now outside of church but still a ministry aspect. Yeah. Do you feel like that's what – did you know that was happening like no idea. in each place you went? Like, no idea. Until okay. I was looking back on it last night because Angela <laughs> and I were talking about it type of thing. And I was like, oh, hold up. I have been discipled. And so the reason why I bring up that I didn't like um, our personalities didn't really match for my first encounter was because I feel like sometimes we kind of do feel like, oh, so like I have to like somebody or they have to like me. And I'm not saying that we have to be like super hardcore right. um, in order to glean and learn. Right. Like, right. I, like, like, what does it look like to be like, mm, you're not exactly my cup of tea, but man, I'm learning so much from you to where like that almost doesn't even matter. Right. right. Yeah. Because there's unity in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually we both just love Jesus and kind of just are like walking this out. So like if you don't like hiking and I like hiking and you're into everything that I'm not, it, I don't know. Does it matter? Yeah. I mean like you still need friends, but does it matter for like discipleship? No, I don't, I don't think that matters in the, in the friendship realm either. Like I think there, True. Mm -hmm. there's a level like of self-awareness knowing <laughs> I don't like the same crap that you like <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but I'm willing to like build a relationship with you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like I have several friends, like both of my really close friends, even Brittany, for example, like love restoring things. And like, I have two friends that have completely restored their home, bought crappy homes and rebuilt them from the ground up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not into that at all, you know? And so I think there's a level of like, they're, I think it's positive. Like you need to have friends that you don't agree with. Oh yeah, especially in the discipleship. Like yeah, I need somebody who's going to have strengths that I don't have. Yeah, and even can whether it's interpreting the word differently, obviously, but staying true. But you know, like having a different perspective, I guess, is a better way to say it. You know, like 
I, yeah, I think I stopped looking for people that were similar to me because I knew that in each duty station, the Lord, like, almost gave me my complete opposite. <laughs> right? So after a while, I was like, I see you, Lord. You clearly, you clearly believe I need this type of person in my life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I get it. I get right? It. So then, like, I literally stopped looking for people that were just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So as you're talking, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, yeah, when I was... 25 when we got our first duty station in Germany like I my husband was immediately deployed and so I became really good friends with one of the officers wives and they had OCF in their home Mm -hmm. you know and all that kind of stuff we had Bible study in their homes and everything and I was like I did I spent all my time with her Mm. I went places with their family when they went on vacations and stuff like that I went with them by myself you know so before I had kids and all because they had three children you know like they were older than me and it didn't look like, I mean, we were friends, we ran together and stuff like that. But, um, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was a discipleship experience. And just, that was the first person who, when I would come to with a problem, she'd be like, well, let's see what that looks like in scripture, you know? And I was like, well, dang. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was a discipleship experience. I just don't, because she was my friend, I wasn't looking at it like that. And, of course, I had no clue what discipleship was when I was 25 years old. But, yeah, yeah, that totally was my first discipleship experience. Yeah. I think coming whether it's a relationship or a disciple intentional discipleship or, like, relationship, there's still, like, a a level of humility and surrender that you have to have. Because even if it's preferences that I don't get along with with a person or activities that I don't really like, there still has to be a surrender saying, like, but I'm willing to do them with you for the sake of relationship. I'm willing to say no even because mm-hmm. I'm not into the same things that you are and still love you and still want to learn from you. And yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of things that we disregard as like what could have been discipleship. Like, because I think when we were bringing up this conversation, I was like, uh, I've never really been discipled within the church myself. But now that, like, we're opening up the table for this conversation, I'm like, well, I think there are moments that I sat under people in church that I was like, oh, that was totally a discipleship experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we limit on what discipleship can look like because it needs to be long and drawn out. But, or it has to be someone older than me or it has to be, you know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, well, what do you think about, I mean, could you ask someone to mentor and disciple you who was younger than you? Yeah, I think I could if there was something... I think if they're mature in the word. Yeah. If there was something I wanted to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I also think that like, um, true discipleship, you're not, yes, you're kind of pulling from your experience, but you're never actually giving advice from your experience. Right. Like wouldn't it or always be from like the word, like, yeah. or even your experience with the word. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that's probably where mentorship and discipleship split where mentorship is like, this is my experience. And so I'm going to pass along the knowledge from my experience and discipleship's like, well, this is, you know, like we're pulling from the word, meaning that right. I'm feeding you from the word. Obviously like here's where I've failed and here's like the experience or here's where I've been successful or here's what's worked. Mm-hmm. But I think I, they go hand in hand mm-hmm. to an extent for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's pulling from the word and not from your own experience. Because I feel like that's, I mean, obviously that kind of goes into counseling, right? Like, that would be the biggest thing. The difference. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, yeah. 
I mean, counseling at its core is really just asking you like the right questions and hard mm-hmm. questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why we like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just simply following the Holy Spirit and your own curiosity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I think you get a partner with the Holy Spirit. So, I think we really limit like what counseling really is because I do receive counsel from other people too. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. they're just asking really good questions. Like, so I don't, good. I don't have a good, I don't have a single friend that's not counseling me to some extent. And it may be the motive of curiosity, but because of my relationship with the Lord, there is something happening internally because of those questions mm-hmm. too. So, so what is your experience? What is your f- see? Everyone knows my experience. Yeah. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I, I can guarantee you, like Lisa Schwartz is going to talk about my experience and our experience, like growing up together. I say growing up together. She's <laughs> she is significantly older than I. Am. No, but, uh, but for our viewers. Yeah. Because now we're sharing it to different. Well, so far, they're all the same people. (laughs) Uh, But just kidding. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, my parents were pretty disengaged. I show up to church one night and Pastor Rick Eubanks was giving this message on, like, you need to be discipled. You need mentorship. And I asked the Lord because I was, like, really trying to grow my relationship with the Lord because I constantly like had this pull within me, like there has to be something more than what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like this is lame, and if this is what all this is, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's all this work and all this requirements that I can't, and all this standard I can't meet, then this isn't worth my time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm willing to take a risk. Obviously, I was like deep in all of my problems at 15. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I asked the Lord, he said, Lisa Schwartz's name audibly for o- only time I've ever heard the Lord, like audibly say something. P.S. I've never heard the story. So, Oh, I- really? <laughs> <laughs> I think she made a YouTube about it. So. So I'm saying, no, I listened to it, but not from your, I'm listening. Yeah. Like only time I've ever heard the Lord audibly speak. And I was like, no, absolutely not <laughs> doing that. Like sat on it probably for several months and was like, Mm-mm, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I don't like this woman. Like this, that was my perspective at 15 because she came in as a youth leader and just told us what to do, like with authority. And I was like, Mm-mm, absolutely not. I run this show. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Rebellious, yeah, much? so rebellious, like insanely rebellious. Like I, like literally, all the poor decisions I made as a child was really just to like give God a middle finger essentially growing up which was not a good idea so don't learn from that please and so um i suffered all the consequences from that from those poor actions so (laughs) maybe not all of them but uh, several so i really learned my lesson but um i ended up asking her like in the same sentence i was like cussing her out because i was foolish (laughs) um not that i'm not cussing people out now which i'm working on but like um, and I was like, so are you going to do this or not? With some F words in there. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So we met every single Thursday night for literally like three or four years, three years, oh, wow. four years, mm-hmm. um, at TJ. Well, I say that three years until I moved in with her because my parents kicked me out. <laughs> so it became in-home discipleship <laughs> rather than like a meeting once a week. Right. So, um, it was, it was, it was. It was intense. There was a lot of times I like walked out on her because I wasn't willing to receive truth. And, mm. um, but I, I'm super thankful for that seed in my life because honestly, the biggest thing that she did for me was like teach me how to seek the Lord through scripture on my own. Mm. 
and so good yes and like i think that's i think a lot of christians don't know how to do that like it's super sad like i think like how how can you be expected to like build your own relationship with the lord and have like your own dialogue with the lord if you don't know how to seek his word or seek who he is and his character through scripture Mm-hmm. And so I will say, and this is not an insult to a church. This is an insult, like not an insult. <laughs> I don't want to call it that. Not, I don't want to call it that, but th- it's more like a, we've messed up as a body of Christ of like mm-hmm. not equipping people. And I would include myself on that because there are many times I've had conversations with people and was like, all right, go on your way and not equipping them. Yeah. That actually comes, um, that quote that I think I, that we came across today of like, um, like you can't just feed people the answers and then expect their um, their thinking cycle to shift. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that in a world where um, we get a lot of validation for having the right answer, mm-hmm. like think about most people don't ever come to the table trying to get it right. They just want to be right. Yeah. Right. And so if you're ever in a meeting, you just want to be the person with all the right answers. Yeah. You're probably not going to be the person sitting there asking a million questions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think in the so I think that that's not only in business culture. I think that's in all like everything, right? Church culture, college culture, like everything, all of right? Things. So because so therefore it's a source of validation to have all the answers, and so we feel this temporary empowerment um, of giving people the right answers. Of yeah. feeding them the right answers, right? Yeah. Because unfortunately, one, it's easier than teaching them, and two, it feeds their ego. Yeah. So I think when we have those things at play, if we're not uh, super intentional, then it's like we just pass that on and we completely forget how to disciple people or how to do it organically. Or, you know, like you're like, I hear from the Lord and I love it, and therefore I always want to. Um, give from that overflow yeah but that doesn't always mean telling them the answers right yeah i mean this could lead down several conversations (laughs) because like you don't give i mean as intercessors because i i would say that everyone at this table like you three Mm -hmm. including angela in here (laughs) she's right here (laughs) she's would be sitting right there like are definitely I don't think I'm as gifted as intercession, but I know how to do it because mm-hmm. I sat under Shirley Greenroy at some point, which, but, um, you three are definitely like gifted in intercession and there's a place where you're praying for things and you're not sharing every detail of what the Lord is showing you. And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation for that's a whole nother day. Such a good, we should write, write that down. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> Somebody write that down. Yeah. yeah. Because, because I think that there's a difference in that there's a learning curve of, okay, Lord, are you just showing me this? And so, I mean, I think that can go into, like, we have a lot of clients or just people in general who are like, I'm so burdened with what I see, or I'm so burdened with what I feel. I'm so burdened with other people's problems. And so the world will tell you, um, one, either fix it to be a fix it, you know, to know it all, you know, or um, just don't care because it's slowing you down and uh, you can't solve everyone's problems, right? And that's, well, yes, that's actually truth. You can't solve everyone's problems. right? And so the actual direction of that is that actually that's intercession. Yeah. You're right. I would say so. That's, that's, that's when you intercede. That's when you, mm-hmm. um, or else empathy gets very, 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 very heavy. And I think overwhelming for some. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to go back to, um, <laughs> she's like, stay on topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're talking, we are talking about, um, asking questions 
and everything. And I was sitting here thinking, okay, so like as I'm growing up, I feel like my as you're growing up now. Not now. Oh, okay. As I was growing up. <laughs> like, we're still growing. We're still growing. Yeah. You know, I feel like we were discipled by school. Like, that mm. was that was where I feel like I was discipled. Like, that's oh, where, for sure. you know, is in school. And so, I mean, what's the point of school but to have all the answers and to know the answers? And, you know, I'm like, okay, I prided myself on that, on being good in school, mm-hmm. knowing the answers not having to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get grown and <laughs> I'm not self-aware because I don't know how to ask questions and I don't so know how to true. be like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just pretend I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which helps no one. Um, as well for oh. myself. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, I mean, that, that gets you somewhere, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's different from the yeah. faith it till you make it and, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to pretend <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, because the thing about one of them is I'm faithing it, right? So, you know, that's something that we say a lot around here. I'm faithing it knowing that I'm actually going to the person who has all the answers. Right. The pretending is, like, I'm actually not even seeking it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So, so think about how many of us in our own discipleship journey or just someone that we know, we're like, I actually don't know the answers, so I'm kind of just going to coast. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I think that that's where this like circles back. But oh, you had sense that being so good about asking questions. Well, yeah, I mean, you get to the point where you don't know. Oh, curiosity. Yeah, curiosity. How how that's like something that God has put in us to be curious, and so like the difference of, I think sometimes people view asking questions as a negative thing. Like, oh, well, if you ask questions, then you must not have faith. And so I was actually eating my sandwich today and just <laughs> chatting with the Lord. And he was like, no, actually, whenever you ask questions in order to disobey, because you're just trying to find a loophole, mm-hmm. or you're asking questions to disprove, like, that's not the same as just genuinely being curious, knowing that you're going to obey and have faith, but you're just really curious and you're just having questions like and so I was thinking about like man if Nuggy had a question I wouldn't want her to go about her life like not asking me yeah I'd be like why didn't you ask me I would love to have this conversation with you and how much is our heavenly father like why didn't you just ask me yeah you know like just ask me like I know you're curious I I expect you to be curious like ask me well I think there's this like in church, you know, like when you're in church, it's like faith it, you don't question, you don't doubt, you don't mm-hmm. do any of those things. And it internally, I'm like slightly bothered from like an evangelist perspective of saying like, no, because that's like my, my way in to build relationship is for someone to be doubting, for someone to be asking questions, for somebody like, or building relationships in general. Like it's never, um, if they're, they're the ones that have to open the door. And mm-hmm. if there's no open door to like ask questions or mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. what, what is in place, what, what, you know, any of that, like how can people be expected to like follow through and grow and all of those things. So mm-hmm. I think like, and again, this is where us as a people group have really like set a standard and like, mm-hmm. I'm always seeking to correct. And so it's like, making an appropriate environment for people to ask questions and not shame people for doubting something. And you're allowed to doubt, but that's where you get to partner with the Holy Spirit. And 
yeah. places that you doubt. Oh, you can even disagree. Like, God is not afraid of your disagreement. He's like, I'm sovereign. So yeah, he's sovereign. like, so baby, I got it. You know, like, you good. You can question it all you want, but I'm going to prove you wrong in the end. Yeah, and so I think, again, I think, like, we see that, too. Doubt is seen as something that's so, like, looked down upon. Like, I can't believe, like, you're doubting the goodness of God, right? Yeah. And so I think that makes it really hard for people to then have that intimate relationship with God because you're like, I'm going to pretend that I'm not doubting you. So I'm going to pretend this whole entire, um, seeking you. But in the meantime, I'm truly doubting you rather just being like, Hey Lord, like I'm doubting. Yeah. And so, which is interesting because there's so many parts in the Bible where his own disciples doubted him. Yeah. Yeah, and they were visible seeing all of it. Right, I mean, to even afterwards. And so, like, you see Jesus' response to it, and it's not shame, guilt, or condemnation. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, if he treated his disciples that way, like, why why do you think that that's how he's going to treat you whenever you... But I think that's because doubting is looked down upon. For sure. Like, curiosity is looked down upon doubtings look down upon and I think that kind of goes back to if people don't like what if someone has a question that I don't have the answer to again going back to that culture of I'm coming to the table with all the right answers yeah and so I don't like it whenever you ask questions that I don't know the answer to yeah yeah Yeah. I was gonna say sometimes Jesus did get exasperated (laughs) Yeah, he did. It's spicy oh, sometimes. How long do spicy. I have to put up with you? I know. I was like, I was like, Jesus. Why? <laughs> but then, he did get spicy. Sometimes. He did get spicy sometimes. Oh, but wow. then he goes, you know, who was it that he says, "Help, help my unbelief." You yeah. know what I mean? And I do believe, but help, help my yes, unbelief. But yeah. help my unbelief, and he still, you know, performed a miracle. Right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get spicy then. No, but there are moments when he does get spicy and I'm just like, mm. yeah, but then it makes, but then it goes back to the question, probably the motive of why they were doubting. Yeah. The motive of why they're asking questions because we don't see him respond the same way all the time. Yeah. Right. So it's like looking at the heart, like, you know, like the heart of, I, I'm questioning because I actually just don't want to obey this part of what you've asked me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually questioning because I'm really trying to find a loophole. Yeah. <gasps> Is that Angela? <laughs> Is that Angela? No, I think it's Blake. <laughs> oh. Is it Blake? Uh, we Angela? have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest. Surprise guest. Hello. Welcome. Should I stop this? Here. We're going to stop this, the recording, and then we'll come back for another episode. because we yeah, Well, let's just wrap it up. Okay, we're going to wrap up this conversation. We may keep the live stream going, but we're going to wrap up this because we're going to make this multiple episodes. Mm -hmm. So if you have a discipleship journey that you would like to share with us um, or just your own experience, we would love it. Or maybe if you have questions about discipleship, I know that we kind of just shared our journeys and about questioning, doubting, curiosity. And so again, kind of like we told you, like we don't really exactly have all the answers. We're just inviting you into a conversation with us. Yeah. Um, comment below. Comment. Message us. Yeah. I mean, we're open to this. We may start a Facebook, Instagram, go that whole route. We'll mm-hmm. let you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll post about it, you know? So. <laughs> All right. Anyhow.